The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Yeah, I like that idea. I'm glad you brought up that old... <laughs> slogan that MSNBC used to have. Lean forward. Lean forward. And, and we thought maybe we need a slogan here for Red Eye Radio. And we're just, again, um, we're just focus group, grouping here at the moment. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're workshopping it. We're workshopping it. Yes, workshopping it. Yeah. Yes. And so, so we were, that's what we're doing. We were thinking instead of lean forward because <laughs> that didn't mean anything. Whenever I heard that, from MSNBC, lean forward. Well, that's sort of, sort of hesitant. We'll just lean forward. Don't go forward. Just sort of lean. When who came up with that one? And we thought maybe, how about this? Red Eye Radio, stand up straight. Stand up straight. Stop slouching. We could have a few of them. Uh, stand up straight. Uh, you know, the, the subversion of that would be stop slouching. Grow up. Get a job. Get a job. We're Red Eye Radio. Get a job. Be taller. <laughs> Be smarter. <laughs> Quit now, looking at me. Now, you notice, again, we're, we're very careful here because we understand and always attempt to appease the woke culture, woke culture out there. Uh-huh. You notice we didn't say, stand up straight like a man. We right. we didn't use terms like a man. Simply, Red Eye Radio, stand up straight. A, signor, a significant portion of our audience is women. So yeah. Yes, exactly. So right. we would view that as being sexist. So we're very sensitive right. to those kind of things here. Right. To stand up straight, would you? And, of course, we could, you know, cap it off since we're old. Get out of my yard. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Red Eye Radio, get off get my off lawn. Get off my lawn. Lean forward. Lean forward. No, they were sitting in a room with other people. People, right. Going around a table, hey, we need something. 
Yeah. Uh, I almost, MSNBC. I almost forgot that they used that a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MSNBC. Uh, Lean forward. Think. Don't be so stupid. No, don't. We can't use that. Uh, MSNBC. Keep watching. Nope. <laughs> MSNBC. Would you please watch our channel? No, that's kind of begging. MSN. Lean, Lean forward. forward. That's it. Lean Whoa. forward. Whoa. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Someone go get Joe and Mika right now. Right now. Go get them right now. Because if they sign off on this, we're going with it. What do you think? What do you guys think about this? What do you think? Yeah. MSNBC, lean forward. Joe, Mika, just just close your eyes. Close your eyes, okay? Just close your eyes. How does this sound? Like a lot of people do when they're watching MSNBC. Just close your eyes. What do you think? Lean forward. I do like the one you came up with for us, though. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Red Eye Radio, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Be smarter. <laughs> I love when we do that, though, when we <laughs> when we say, now remember, mm. people were in a conference room. <laughs> no, they had to. They workshopped there this. There were meetings. They did focus groups. There were meetings about this. The meetings and people said, all right, what do you think? Um, I don't know. If, uh, if MSN, I, M, uh, MSNBC, quiet quitting. It's, well, yeah, exactly. If I had a skit comedy show, you know, there's one season. Brian, did you know Brian Regan had a skit comedy show? No. Produced by Jerry Seinfeld I, a few years ago. I did not know that. Because it didn't really go anywhere. And it was based on his comedy, Brian Regan's comedy. And it was it was it was funny. It's just that you kind of have to develop it over the years. And by the way, no one knows that more than Seinfeld. That in your first season or two, <laughs> you still got to work, you know, a little bit harder. And 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 you're still kind of workshopping these things. But if I had a skit comedy show, I mean, at least once per show, it would be, you know, think about this idea. There was a meeting about this, and it, it would be kind of a regular thing. The meeting where people, you know, sit around and talk about this idiotic idea and workshop it in the room, and then they all agree it's going to be a great idea. Yeah, that's um, – I think ours is better, though. Stop slouching. <laughs> Grow up. And because lean forward sort of is a posture kind of thing, so we right. want to stick to the same kind of get a job. Process. I like that one too. Get a job. My my favorite of all was gr just grow up. Mm. Get a job kind of stings right now because so many people are like, you mean a fourth job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, yeah it you have a point. Well, except in California where the unemployment rate is a, a lot higher. By the Maybe. way, that's it, it. It's so interesting to look at that and think about you know the population too. I mean, it's a higher percentage of a larger population when you look at state per, per state on some of the other states that have a you know lower rate. But that's a great number of people, and that's higher than, of course, the national average.
And they still rate, according to the Census Bureau, as number one in poverty Mm -hmm. because of the high cost of living. I still think looking back at this week, and I said it earlier, and I'll probably say it a bunch of times before we get out of here tomorrow. And that's, I think, the most interesting thing uh, uh, this week was Kevin O'Leary talking about, you know, the decision, you know, and, and the Trump fine that we knew we knew it was coming. But when he said, look, investors are going to run from New York now. Yeah. Like, we're not going to deal, um, you know, with this uh, uh, at all. And he started talking about winner and loser states, something that we talked about when we saw the uh, the census people looking at where the growth rate over the next 75 years is going to be in the United mm-hmm. States yeah. or the studies that were done. And it just shows massive amounts of people to Florida and Texas. And you and I, we didn't call it winners and loser states, but it's a great way to, I tell you, it's a great way to bring attention. You called me a loser. We're not losers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a loser. But I'm smart, not like everybody says. But <laughs> but it's a it's a great point economically speaking. Where they're going, where they're going to go? You see California with their massive deficit going yeah. on now, and how they're losing people. But the key the key to it is when you have such an unbalanced, uh, I think, uh, way of taxing. When you have when it comes to state governments, look on the federal level. Most rich people aren't going to move. Yeah, right. They're just not going to move from the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't. No. I'm, I'm not going to be driven out of the United States. No. Here's where I want to be. Not that you can't find tax policy, but when you're here and if, you've, if you're uh, a billionaire, uh, you can still make a lot of money. Yeah. You can make a lot. Of, you can make a lot. It's still the place to do business, the United right. States. So, right, yeah. Uh, and, and so I would, uh, I would say, but States, <laughs> you can go wherever you want. And now for a segment called just something I've noticed brought to you by our friends at motel six, just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn all of a sudden you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I'll never forget when you and I, when, when Phil Mickelson, 
the golfer. I, I know people going, who? Well, that's because he's, he's uh, with the golf league that uh, we don't speak of. <laughs> and uh, he's... Yeah. <laughs> going back to the movie The Village. Yeah. Uh, but when... Remember how he was criticized when he said when his kids are gone, he might move to Florida because he can save so much on taxes? And the left went nuts on him. He has made so much money. He's worried about paying taxes in California, the little amount of taxes. Well, we actually broke it down. We said, okay, how much is he roughly making? What would, and again, it was, it's not, it wasn't exact. But when we figured out that over a 10 year period, (laughs) he could have in his pocket an extra 80 to $100 million. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 80 to $100 million over a period of 10 years. That's yours. Yeah. You know, tax-free. Right. Uh, 80 to $100 million, That's significant cash. Yep. And people look at that. You and I would. <laughs> I mean, for, for, forget about 80 to $100 million, uh, Say $1 to $8 million. Right. <laughs> Well, with eighty to a hundred million, you could pay about twenty five percent of uh, Donald Trump's current. Fine. Or excuse me, eight hundred thousand to a million. So oh, for us, for us, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, over a period of that, a lot of us would go, "Hmm, wow, okay, yeah that 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 might be that might be a decent deal. That would be a reason. Oh, that'd yeah. be a reason to leave. And so, when yeah. you look at state taxes like that in California, and you have so much, it's a roughly. The top 1% pay 50% of the taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you see in the billionaires they talk about in New York, you know, they if if the if the if the billionaires are, you know, 0.5% or 0.1%, and there's only a couple of thousand of them and they pay 30 or 40% of the taxes, they leave, you're screwed. Yeah, how do you get oh, that yeah. back? But that's that's the warning. Just like the, but they didn't seem to care about that. Eventually, that was going to come back and bite you, right? As it is in California, mm-hmm. and has in New York. We we remember Andrew Cuomo stating, "I can't be for the millionaires' tax, the penalty they wish to put on millionaires," and he stated that precise reason. Yep, I can't afford to be a liberal on this. Yes, can't afford it. We're going to lose too much money. We tax the rich so much that if a few hundred of them move, it could be devastating to our budget. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so you wonder, and we see the unemployment rate in California is 5.1%, rest of the nation Mm 3.7%. That's significantly higher. And you look at where they're going now. They're not going to cut back. The deficit, we see what that is. I just saw this here. California Democrat introduces a bill to divert any surplus funds in California to reparations amid historic budget deficit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, well, we don't have the money. Let's state we're going to put a bill in that if we get the money, then we'll pay for reparations. That isn't going to happen. But. We're Democrats, and we talk about the things that are impossible. That's and the, right. And the more they're impossible to do, the more that we can virtue signal that I care more about it than you do. It's, you know, like that old song says, 
dream the delusional dream or yeah. something like that. But, but that's the other thing, too, because now they've come out with the bill, you know, the, the, the reparations bill, which says no cash at all. Well, we were never, I mean, cash was never a majority. That's all they talked about was cash. Well, see, this is where we could, imp- now we could apply the whole thing from MSNBC uh, to the Democratic Party at the DNC, you know, gearing up for their big convention in Chicago. The Democratic Party promised the impossible. <laughs> well, that's what they did with reparations. I mean, no, it's you and I got the biggest kick out of it, which was just absolutely wonderful when they finally came out with a report. There will be no cash, and you had them. You had these the the people on these groups or boards, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. They were up to some of them were up to two hundred million dollars per recipient. Yeah, it's like it can't be done. It can't be done. Right. It can't be done. And then they kept. Upping it and upping it, and goes, we don't care whether it can be done. It should be done. Right. And yeah. if they were really determined to find a way to do it, they would. So we're going to stick to the amount. Yeah. State comes back. Sorry, no cash. I mean, look, after all of that hype <laughs> and hoopla, I mean, we're talking because really this that was a culmination of, of the last 30 years talking about reparations. Yes. No, I mean, it's been going on for a long time where they stepped up to the plate to deliver, or it seemed. Think about this. It's been talked about forever and just thrown back and forth. Hey, we'll talk about it for a while now. You guys talk about it. Oh, yeah, okay, well, we're definitely talking about it. Oh, yeah, we're having a discussion. And then in California, they... They started to put it into motion, except for at least one office saying, sorry, we can't even afford to open the office to start looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that was in San Francisco. San Francisco, right? I yeah. couldn't remember. Yeah. So now you've got to a point where, oh, my gosh, you've got everybody, you know, listening, paying attention, including, of course, the would-be recipients, and you come back with, Well, listen, it's the thought that counts. That (laughs) right there could be why Gavin Newsom doesn't have a future, maybe even on the left. Well, when when we talk about 30 years, because as a talk show host, reparations, almost for the the full time of me being in talk radio, has been a topic. Oh, yeah. You know, really since the mid-90s. And it's just... Reparations, rep- and then they kept building it up. And then California, really the first to seriously take a hold of it. And they're talking about, well, we're going to start at quarter of a million dollars. Well, now you've got my attention. Yeah. That's not enough. Right. 500. No, that's not enough. 800,000. That's not enough. A million, two million, three million, four million, five million, 200 million. Yeah. And you're like, wow, they're having a field day there. They can't do it. But how are they going to get out of it? And they get out of it by saying zero cash. I thought maybe Gavin Newsom would come back and say, look, we have come up with the reparations bill, and there are some things we're going to do in order to pay for the reparations bill. We're going to tax those people who were supposed to get reparations an extra tax because we believe that we, as a California government, and spend it better than you can. <laughs> right. 86690 <laughs> red eye. 
This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Bet you didn't know this week is National Engineers Week. So what exactly is an engineer? It's anyone who basically uses ingenuity to solve problems. Uh, ingenuity, I heard what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Farmer directs conservation engineering for the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. Our engineers are conservation-type engineers, those who solve problems to help protect uh, natural resources. You know, helping folks do their thing with the land is awesome. That's Andy Dykert, award-winning USDA state conservation engineer in West Virginia. We help the farmers with uh, waste storage structures to handle their manure, and uh, they can store that in structures until it's beneficial for them to spread it on their fields. We also help improve their water for their livestock. We may develop springs or help them build farm ponds with pipelines to watering facilities. And that's just a sample of what conservation engineers do every day. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Lubes. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow. Mm. We actually have a Taylor Swift update that will relate to everything that really matters about what's going on today. Coming up following the bottom of the hour. And also, we have a trigger update. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I mean, I don't know if if many on the left will be able to handle this next story. This may devastate them. It is definitely triggering. Coming up. and analyzing the insanity. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara, nightly on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Man, sometimes I just love stories that are out there. Yeah? Sometimes they're just so great. All right. Uh, This one got me the Daily Mail UK about uh, the Taylor Swift tour in Australia. Mm. All right? (laughs) Yeah. And this may, this is some of the best stuff ever. A Taylor Swift column by the Saturday Papers, that's in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santilla Shingayapi, that's the columnist's name, mm-hmm. sparks uproar. The columnist blasts the pop star as the sound of whiteness. Okay. And slams her failure to sing about the climate emergency and racial injustice. Oh, it's about time we had an article like this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The columnist has sparked an uproar in Australia. Uh Uh-huh. 
when she wrote describing Taylor Swift as the sound of whiteness who gives her fans a free pass to not feel guilt or shame about white privilege. In the article penned for the Saturday paper, uh, the columnist blasted the country's Taylor Swift mania after the pop star embarked on a seven-day tour of Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, She said that the country's fervor for Swift, including kids swapping friendship bracelets, wasn't surprising given her music apparently confirms whiteness for a country that has failed to confront its own anxieties about race, class, and gender. She also blasted Swift for failing to sing about political matters such as the climate emergency, racial injustice, and raging conflicts. (laughs) With almost 600,000 Australians having seen her planning to see Swift live in concert on this tour, the columnist comment, Peace sparked anger on social media with one commentator scolding her uh, that said, isn't it okay to actually just enjoy stuff? Right. Can we just listen to the music? No. I don't need all this crap going on. First off, I, I, I want to make this clear. What? You know, Taylor Swift, her music presentation, I could care less. You know, it doesn't do anything for me at all. So please do not. Do not judge Taylor Swift's music on my skin color. Well, and then we also have to ask the question, <laughs> does she identify as white? We've never asked her. That's true. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, someone hey. who's writing a scathing, clearly someone on the far left, writing the scathing peace about her, condemning her, judging her, not knowing how she identifies. That's true. And that's their playbook. I'm, I don't make the rules. Wait a minute, though. Maybe, okay, now that I'm looking at my, my skin looks a lot darker than hers. And I'm a light-skinned Irishman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Red Eye Radio. Now talk skin color. You should try on that bright red lipstick. (laughs) See how that works for you. Lean forward. (laughs) (laughs) We're California. Fall down. Uh, I just love that that story. It's like, okay, finally. It's like I've been expecting that story for a while now. The outrage... Of, uh, of of Taylor Swift, not based on the hype of it, you know, the hype, which, of course, if something is hyped as Taylor Swift was, people are going to go, stop it! I've had mm-hmm. enough! Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, yeah, that's, I just love that story from Australia. Here's another one, the, mm. the, our triggering update. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know, Democrats, this is going to be a hard one for you. Mm. Very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. If you can't handle it, you can just, you know, 
Get get your fingers near your ears. No, just grab a pillow and lean forward. Okay, grab a pillow, lean <laughs> forward. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounded. I don't know if that they sounded g- wrong. I. I t- oh, that's right. I didn't think of it either. That. Okay, I. Okay, you said it first. I. But you you meant cover it, you no. meant cover the head and the ears so she Listen, so they can't not she but so they can't hear here, what I'm saying. Here, here's the thing: if it sounded wrong to you, that's on you. Yes, <laughs> but it's not you, on me. But you pointed it out that it sounded wrong. I well, well, but that's on me. But what's on them is that it, it also right, sounded look, wrong. I don't them. care. Eric's guilty. I had nothing yeah. to do with it. I didn't start it. Yeah, lean forward. So much for defending my co-host. <laughs> Red Eye Radio. We didn't start the fire. Uh, wait, that's already taken. All right, here we go. Get ready now. Yeah. Okay. Men and women's brains do work differently, scientists discover for first time. <laughs> the brains of men and women operate differently, scientists have shown for the first time in a breakthrough that shows sex does matter in how people think and behave, this is going to send the left into a rage that they may never come down from. And also, a lot of husbands right now are essentially being confirmed in what they already know. The issue of whether... (laughs) And so so are every wife of those husbands. They are... We've known this for a long time. The issue of whether male and female brains are distinct has proven controversial, (laughs) with some academics arguing it is society rather than biology that shapes divergence. Now, you know, that's something that, uh, (laughs) what's his name? Peterson's been involved in Mm -hmm. for the longest time. Mm Mm-hmm. He's been involved the longest time talking about, no, all the research shows that it's biology. Yeah, right. Uh, so they, they have here the issue of whether, uh, let me see, rather than biology shaped that divergence. Mm. It Okay, for some reasons, part of it was cut off here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is possible to tell the sexes apart based on activity in the brain in hot spot areas. Oh, so if you just looked at images of the brain. In hot spots of the brain, yes. They mm-hmm. include the default mode network, an area of the brain thought to be the neurological center for self and is important in introspection and retrieving personal memories. The limbic system is also implicated which helps regulate emotion, memory, mm. and deals with sexual stimulation uh, and more, which is important in habit forming and rewards. Mm. Boy, we could really go on a tangent yeah. there. Yeah. Experts said the brain differences could influence how males and females view themselves, how they interact with other people, and how they recall past experiences. Uh, the doctor... Uh, Bernard Menon, professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford, said this is a very strong piece of evidence that sex is a robust determinant for human brain organization. Our findings suggest 
the differences in brain activity patterns across the key brain regions contribute to sex-specific variations in cognitive functioning. And and this is where, um, I can't think of his, what's Peterson's first name? I got mind blank here. Jordan. Jordan Peterson. Gee, mm-hmm. I have no idea why I couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about all the study. He goes, look, this is, because he's talked about this so many times. He goes, look, they're different. Yeah, right. Because they're, 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 you know, men and women are different. And they said when they look at, and I forgot the country that tried to educate all women the same way they educate men and really push to do everything to get men working, uh, excuse me, women working men's jobs. Hmm. The reverse happened. The more you forced it, the more the sexes went to, you know, what, you know, by whatever instinct or the brain, which would be instinct, you know, what, you know, uh, where they would go to, you know, to be employed. That's why, for example, not you have many more, you know, men engineers and women engineers. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the fact that, you know, men are about information. Women are about personal stuff, you know, personal relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what we, even in the workplace, well, and which also, is why you see women, you know, more in, in, in hospitals, social working, things like that. These are things that they're attracted to. One is not better than the other. It's just different. And, and in certain roles, they, they make women make better analysts. And yes, yes. and because you, as you mentioned, like information, uh, one of the things, one of the uh, interesting parts of the documentary that outlined the twenty-year hunt for Osama bin Laden is that the CIA, the men at the CIA who were primarily the, you know, if you think about it, I guess hunters and gatherers of the information of that intel brought that intel back and it was primarily women who analyzed it and broke it down, put the puzzle together. They took that in intel and made something of it. And so the brains do work differently. I'll tell you as a father of uh, three women and one man, (laughs) and as a man myself, I will tell you that, was clear to me as a father, as, as a young father, I knew that, that my daughters had a very different level of reckoning than my son. And that was, it, that was just very clear. As they have here, uh, it is well known that male and female chromosomes release sex-specific hormones in the brain, particularly in early development, puberty, mm-hmm. and during ages, uh, aging. These are also marked differences in how women and men perform in the real world. Conversely, mm-hmm. men seem to have stronger visual and spatial awareness and better working memory, yet scientists have uh, struggled to spot these differences in neural activity in the past mm. with brain structures uh, in the past looking the same mm. uh, in men and uh, and women. Mm-hmm. This uh, The model has shown that MRI scans of working brains and told whether it was looking at a woman or a man over time the neural network began to pick out subtle differences. And by the way, AI is what's helped them get to this point. Mm-hmm. Subtle differences between the two sexes that had been missed by humans. When the researchers tested the model on about a 1,500 brain scans, the model was able to tell if the scan came from a woman or a man more than 90% of the time. Hmm. And they're saying wow. does it doesn't mean engineers are 100% men or you can't you know, find... 
a woman that is an engineer. Of the brains just can. work differently. It's just the brains overall, when you look at it, there are those differences that exist. Now, the problem with this is the reason I called it a triggering update is the entire radical transgender movement is based on the fact that there are no differences. Right. No, I mean, it's the, it, they want you to believe it just all melds into one. Right. And that's not true. It's not true. Absolutely not true. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Just reading this Fox story that they estimate that uh, probably a week from now we should have a decision on the Fonnie Willis disqualification. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. That's, uh, I guess we'll see. Which will really be interesting. And the other thing is when, the, you know, more story on the whole, you know, true social and the uh, the merger approved and whether it's $4 billion for Trump. It's amazing or how quiet a billion that story for Trump is. Or a, yeah. Know, what what is the exact amount he will get out of out of it and you know when can he liquidate you know that what are the rules for him to liquidate that kind of cash because that changes everything that takes the money out of it which means an appeal is going to happen i still am amazed that i haven't seen any legal analysis on you know because they they talk about if you wish to appeal well you first appeal to the state supreme court so you have to pay the money mhm They've got no jurisdiction over federal courts. And could yeah. Trump sit there and go, look, my constitutional rights have been violated by the process of the civil court system in New York and go to a federal court on it? I can't tell you what specific argument they would make, but it seems like they would have a number of different arguments yeah. that could be made. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first step is seeing if he can leverage something to raise that money to at least give him some room to pursue that appeal. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.